Welcome in, everybody, to Extra Points in NFL Podcast. How are we doing? We are coming up on here on Christmas weekend. We're a little past, I guess, the halfway point of the week. Obviously, it's a Thursday today as I'm recording this. Hopefully, we'll have all the editing and stuff done so it'll be released out to you guys by tonight prior to Thursday Night Football, which is really one of the big things that I want to talk about today. Talking a lot about Trevor Lawrence, Zach, Zach Wilson, all the kind of stuff surrounding the two teams and Honestly, a game that looks like it would have been a dumpster fire if you told me maybe 10 weeks ago, even even a couple of weeks ago, like five to six. But now it's coming up. I mean, both teams are pushing for playoff position. There's a lot of stuff going on. Along with that, I kind of wanted to touch a little bit on the Pro Bowl as well and just kind of go over a couple of things that I have planned for this week, at least it being Christmas week and stuff like that. We have a little bit of wonky of a of a game schedule. Obviously, most of the games taking place are on Saturday with a couple on Sunday, then some on Monday. So we're going to have essentially four out of five straight days of football news. So we have a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff to get into today. But before I do that, I wanted to kind of give a shout out and a thank you to our sponsor and yeah, this one's going out for Dubby Energy. So you guys can go. They're a great, great brand for energy drinks, whether you guys use it for gaming, staying up and stuff like that, whether you're going to the gym, anything like that. Some great, healthy caffeine, just deliciously flavored products and stuff like that. Mixing it, their shaker bottles, and a whole bunch of different energy mix that you guys can use, whether you can use it as pre-workout or just something to stay up all night uh, doing stuff with your friends. You know, so go ahead and check them out at www.w.gg to go and pick up some some stuff. Check out their shop, check all that around, and then also you can use my promo code extra points, all caps, E X T R A P O I N T S. Use that for an additional 10% off any and all of your orders. So thank you so much to W Energy. And yeah, let's get right into everything. So the first thing that I wanted to talk about and really start to go over is, like I said, Thursday Night Football. And it's a really, really weird situation that we're in for this game because, like I said, any 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 amount of weeks ago, if not just for the upcoming weeks, I mean, this game looked terrible. Coming into the season, it was pitiful. Early on in the season, it looked bad. Even when the Jets were on a bit of a winning streak, it still would have looked bad if you told anybody the Jaguars versus the Jets. Because obviously, and if you look at the records right now, you have the Jets at seven and seven and the Jaguars at six and eight. But the thing is, is both of these teams are still in playoff contention. Obviously, the Jets are either second to last or last in their division, the AFC East, just behind the Bills, uh, Patriots, Dolphins, and all kind of fighting in that little division there, all of them with a winning record, but the Jets aren't too far out of the playoff conversation. And the weird thing is here is with the recent downfall of the Tennessee Titans and the new news coming up about Ryan Tannehill most likely being done for the season, the Titans are 7-7. Seven and seven. Yes, they started 7-3, and three, but they dropped the past the past four games that they had, and the Jaguars have been on a little bit of a heater. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence has had maybe a three or four uh, week kind of He's been on a heater is really what I'm trying to say. He's looked incredible over the past four weeks. So I don't know. Trevor Lawrence is finally starting to come into his own. He's brought in the Jaguars to six and eight. Currently, they're sitting in the 10th place spot in the AFC. But obviously, all that changes if they can get this win and then start bringing themselves to get some wins and catch up to the Tennessee Titans, who, like I said, are completely falling apart. And then, I mean, outside of that, if you look at the other teams that are in the mix, you look at the Ravens, who are looking absolutely pitiful, and they could 
probably drop in their next couple of games. The Chargers, who I, I, I don't trust them whatsoever, and the Dolphins, who have even been on a bit of a losing streak. You have the, the uh, Patriots and the Jets up ahead of them at 7-7 seven and seven apiece, but they're going to start fighting each other within the, the division, fighting the Bills again, Miami, and all that. So I can see the Patriots and Jets both dropping a couple. So this game is absolutely crucial for Jacksonville in order to keep their playoff hopes alive. Obviously, with the Tennessee Titans coming up, like I said, uh, Ryan Tannehill's not going to play for the rest of the season. That's what the reports are all coming out and saying. So it's going to be turning to Malik Willis here. And they've been on a little bit of a heater in their upcoming games. Honestly, they aren't easy. They really, really aren't. This week they have the Texans and say what you want about the Texans. I know that I've, I know that I've been kind of kissing up to them, even though they're one twelve and one, but over the past couple of weeks, they played very, very well against teams. We thought were very, very good. I mean, look at the Chiefs. Look at the Cowboys. They almost beat both of them. And if not for a couple of plays that could have gone their way in the Chiefs game, that fumble that they had in overtime, hell, they, they, they caused the Chiefs to punt on their first drive in overtime. If the Texans were just able to take care of the ball, protect and move it down the field and hell kick a field goal, they would have won that game. And then you flash back to the Cowboys game and you think of how they went for it on fourth and goal. It, if, if they would have made it or even maybe kicked a field goal, who knows how that game would have turned out. They could have won. So they've been on a bit of a heater and against a Tennessee defense who looks absolutely pitiful and an offense that hasn't been able to get anything going with their starting quarterback in the mix. Yeah, things aren't looking too good for the Titans. So they face the Texans uh, on the uh, at home, the Titans do. And then they're at home against the Cowboys. I don't know about you guys, but I'm taking the Cowboys. I don't care that the Cowboys just lost to the Jaguars. I still think they're a very good team. And then finally, in week 18, they're on the road to face the Jaguars. And who knows? At this point, this could be for the division there. The Jaguars are 6-8 and eight right now. So if they continue to win out in the and the Texans kind of split the next weeks, or the Titans split the next two weeks. So say they they beat the um, they beat the Texans but lose to the Cowboys. Te the Titans will be eight and eight. If the Jaguars go on a bit of a heater here, beat the Jets this week and the Texans the week after, they'll be eight and eight as well, facing off with the Titans, who, if this scenario is correct, would be eight and eight as well. So this last game in Week 18 would be for the division, meaning playoffs are on the line for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who would have thought? I know that I said that I thought that they would be better prior going into the season, but it really didn't look like it, especially over the past couple of, uh, or the first couple of weeks, at least when they started very, very poorly. But I mean, outside of that Lions game where the Jaguars just got absolutely pummeled, Trevor Lawrence looked pretty good. I mean, he looked good against the Raiders. He looked decent against the Chiefs, even though they lost. He looked great against the Ravens. Yes, he, he struggled a little against the Lions, but then he came out and looked great against the Titans coming back and absolutely putting a hurting on him, winning by 14 points. And then last week, having a ridiculous comeback to beat the Cowboys in overtime. And yes, it was off a of pick six, but you guys know what I'm getting at. So... Really, there's all sorts of storylines going into tonight's game. In the two, in the really, I guess the big one that I want to focus on here is the quarterback position. I mean, obviously, it's the most important position in all of sports because so much is dependent upon them. But you have the number one overall pick versus the number two overall pick. In, I mean, good heavens, they've just had so many just different trajectories for their career. I mean. Trevor Lawrence went to one of the most pitiful teams I've ever seen in my life, coached by Urban freaking Meyer, one of just the biggest jokes of a head coach in NFL history, from what I can remember. And so obviously Trevor Lawrence struggled with that. And even, the, like I said, the first half of this season, he didn't look too good. But he's really, really started to come into his own over the past couple of weeks and may have entered that top 10 quarterback chat. Obviously, I want to see if he can continue to play this way. But now that we have four or five games in a row, that's a pretty damn good consistent sample size here. So I'm really, really excited for that point of Trevor Lawrence. And 
essentially what we can say about Trevor Lawrence is he's up and coming. We've seen stuff from him. Now he leads the league in completion percentage. He has over 3,500 passing yards, 24 touchdowns, just seven interceptions. He looks very, very good. He really does. He adds stuff on the ground, and that's playing with a Jacksonville Jaguars team where your leading receiver is Christian Kirk. Yes, I know Christian Kirk has had a bit of a kind of a breakout season, but he's still not worth all that money that he was being paid. It's ridiculous. He has a less than average or less or below stellar, I guess, cast of weapons that he's working with, and still he's making things happen. So Trevor Lawrence, yeah, I guess he's on the up and up. That's really all that I can say about him. Now you flip it over to Zach Wilson on the opposite side, and good, good God, just my goodness, his career has been just up and down, up and down, up and down. Last season, his rookie year, he looked pitiful. Obviously, it was marred by a little bit of injuries, but he just really did not look good last year. He was lacking a bunch of consistency, but still. I mean, it was the Jets. They didn't have a great team, whatever. So we kind of pushed that off, right? So coming into this year, he gets hurt, obviously, in the preseason. But then when he comes back, they rattle off like five straight wins and has the Jets at what? What were they sitting at? Like like five and two at one point here? Obviously, since then, they're about two and, two and five or so in their last couple of games. But I mean, how they started and once they got Zach Wilson back, even though Zach Wilson wasn't doing too much, they were winning. They had a win streak. They beat the Steelers. They beat the Jets or they beat the Dolphins. They beat the Packers. They beat the Broncos. Then they just barely lost the Patriots, but then they beat the Bills. And then, I mean, kind of since then, his play has really fallen off. Obviously, he got into that little predicament with his team where he was concerned about uh, obviously not taking responsibility for one of their losses, believe against the Vikings, it might have been, or maybe it was against the Patriots, but either way. Uh, so then he got benched for a little bit, and then he came back, and over the past few weeks that he started after Mike White got absolutely cracked against the Bills, he didn't look great against the Lions. He really, really didn't. He obviously uh, threw that interception that he had, and th- they just did not look good. I believe there's a fumble recovery for a touchdown somewhere in there. Detroit was, Detroit really manhandled him. And the Jets, I mean, despite their great defense and having a, like, more than, better than average uh, cast of skill position players, he hasn't looked good. So while Trevor Lawrence has been trending up and up and up and up, Zach Wilson's kind of on the opposite side. I mean, he never really was trending up in the first place outside of the fact that his team was winning. But yeah, I mean, just two completely different positions. And it's weird because now it seems like Trevor Lawrence, the guy who was a franchise quarterback, a number one draft pick since he started high school, he's finally living up to his name and coming into his own. For Zach Wilson, a lot of people, myself included, said that he was very, very, he was just heavily overdrafted at the second overall spot. I thought there were so many more people, but with Zach Wilson, it was more of a gamble for uh, development or something like that. But if you wanted a project type of quarterback, why wouldn't you go with Trey Lance or Justin Fields? I just didn't understand it. I didn't do, I didn't understand it then. And I really just don't understand it now. So that's a really, really big thing that's kind of in my mind here in in my opinion, I think this is Zach Wilson's last shot at his job. Now, a lot, of course, the, the people in the Jets organization, Robert Sala, even a couple of the players, CJ Mosley, they've come out and said things along the lines of, hey, you know, uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago, he would have crumbled in this position and he wouldn't have done it, blah, blah, blah. Now he didn't. Or, or you'll hear him in the media like, oh, well, he took, it, he took blame for his loss this time. That's the issue here. There shouldn't have been, well, you know, he used to not be able to do this. Now he's doing it. Those are things, those are intangibles. Those come with being a leader. Those come with being a quarterback. You shouldn't need to be taught to fall on the sword for your team. You know, you shouldn't need to be kind of put down by everyone on your team a couple, just a couple of weeks ago. But now that your replacements hurt, they're building you back up again. 
It just doesn't seem right to me. You know, and he hasn't played well enough. This season, he only has six touchdowns and six picks. He looks absolutely pitiful. He has right, He's hovering right around 50% completion percentage, not even 1,600 passing yards. And you can just see it on the field. His receivers, Garrett Wilson, just every single time he gets overthrown, his he's just shaking his head, looks like he's cursing or something like that. Denzel Mims doesn't like work with, working with him. Elijah Moore requested a trade because he didn't want to work with him. I mean, oh my goodness, it's just, he's not liked in the locker room and he's not playing well. So if he, if he loses this week, I don't think that there's any question that the Jets are going to go right back to Mike White and let him finish the season. Because like I said, for the Jets, this is essentially their last chance. If they lose this game here and drop to seven and eight, well, they face the Seahawks and the Dolphins after that. Seahawks, that's a little bit of a toss up. But against the Dolphins, I don't think they're beating the Dolphins, especially with the Dolphins jockeying for a playoff spot. So if they lose two of their last three games, they're going to be eight and nine, and they are not going to make the playoffs. So if Zach Wilson costs them this game with any stupid mistake, any stupid turnover, and he plays anything less than great, I don't think he has a chance at regaining his starting spot. Maybe he will on another team, but I think he's really fighting for his life as a New York Jet right here. So this game's really interesting to me. I think it's going to be a very, very good one. The Jets are still favored by two and a half points. And according to ESPN analytics, they're, they have like a, they're given a 62 or higher percent chance of winning this game. So I just don't know, especially with how the Jaguars are playing, especially on defense, especially with their offense starting to cook now. Trevor Lawrence having a couple of four touchdown games. He had a huge game last week, obviously. I don't know. I really don't. And a lot of people are bringing up like, oh, well, the Jets defense is great. I don't think the Jags can move the ball. So are the Cowboys defense. The Cowboys defense was great. They moved the ball perfectly against them, especially towards the end. I mean, yes, Trevor Lawrence had a pick and he fumbled it, but they were able to do things and they were able to pick off Dak Prescott a couple of times, including one that they housed in. I'm not the biggest Dak Prescott fan, but I would say he's at least 10 times better than Zach Wilson. So yeah, I'm, I'm very, very scared. I'm very uh, trepid. I guess about this whole game in the Jets aspect in, I know that it's, it's kind of, it's, I don't know. I don't want to say it's quirky to kind of side with the home team, especially this late on the season on a short week. Uh, Listen, we're in week 16. You're at home short week. These are the kind of games you need to win if you're the Jets, but I just don't think that I can sell the Jaguars short here in saying that, especially now that they have newfound energy with the Titans kind of slowing down and having their lives on the line here. I don't know, man. I, I really do think that I need to go with the Jaguars in this predicament. I'm going to, I would, I would want to go and take the better quarterback out of these two. And honestly, if you want to compare defenses, they're both playing about the same to me. The Jaguars had a pretty decent game on defense against a good Cowboys offense last week. They, they played well. They shut down the Titans back when Ryan Tannehill was still pretty healthy. Yes, they kind of got blown out by the by the Lions there, but if you look at the teams, they held the Chiefs to 27 points. They beat the Ravens with Lamar Jackson. They beat the high-flying Raiders, held them to 20 points. I mean, I don't know, man. They, they played the Eagles close really, like, way, 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 way far back. It's I think that the Jaguars are a bit better of a team than we're giving credit for, but at the same time, I'm finding it very difficult to kind of just count out the Jets entirely here. But with that being said, I am going to go for the Jaguars here. Give me Trevor Lawrence, give me their defense, and give me really all the momentum that they're riding going into into this game. And I think if it's especially if it's for playoffs and stuff like that, I just think that that's a little too too big of a moment to kind of pass up. And I have a lot of faith in Doug Peterson, someone who's obviously been there and done the playoffs and all that before. 
So, yeah, I'll take the Jaguars here. I think it'll be a good game. And even if it's low scoring, there's so many implications, so it's going to be a good watch anyways. Now, next thing that I wanted to just kind of touch on here right before I let you guys go, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about how we're going to like format the upcoming weeks and stuff, at least with the podcast and episodes like that as well, so stay tuned for that. But I want to talk a little bit about the Pro Bowl. And I know, a couple of days ago when they started to release some of the voting and stuff like that, and there were so many outbursts because, oh my God, look at that, Tua, Tua Tagovailoa leads the league in like number of Pro Bowl votes. And it's true, he had the most Pro Bowl votes out of any player. But you want to know something crazy? He's not in the Pro Bowl. Why? Because the Pro Bowl takes into consideration not just what the fans think, but also what players, coaches, and executives think as well. And obviously, uh, like coaches, and I'm assuming certain players and certain executives have a little bit higher weight in what they're saying and what the voting is, you know? So, yeah, I think that I kind of want to go through this roster down here and really talk about the each position, each of the people that were that were nominated, and maybe some snubs if I can think any think of any off the top of my head. So we're going to start here for the quarterbacks. I know that I just mentioned Tua, and a lot of you, especially Dolphins faithful, you are all going to be hammering the table, pounding the table, whatever you want to call it, saying, "Hey, Tua deserves to belong here." And yes, he had a good season. He really, really did. Suffice it to say, he even had a great season. He played very well. He's accurate. He's not throwing too many interceptions. He was doing well with some touchdowns. But the thing is, is what you see on tape. He's winning these games. His stats look okay, but it's very hard for at least myself. Maybe it's just me as Bills fans, but I'm assuming it was for players, executives, and coaches as well to overlook the fact that he underthrew just about every deep ball on so many um, situations. Tyreek Hill still caught him or Jalen Waddle still caught him, but they're running back to it. They were. And you just cannot deny that if you look at it. And in the past couple of games, they're riding a three-game losing streak right now. I mean, yes, they just lost to the Bills uh, at home for the Bills, obviously. And the Bills, yes, they're a good team. It was snowing. The the Dolphins are a a warm-weather team. Okay, whatever. But prior to that, you lost to the Chargers, and it wasn't even relatively as close as the score suggested. And you can honestly say the same with the Bills. Prior to that, you got smacked by the 49ers. Absolutely dominated. And that's with Brock Purdy coming in halfway, maybe a quarter way through the game. I mean, my goodness. And a lot of people want to point to that five-game win streak that they were pulling out there, you know? Like saying, oh my goodness, look look at to his numbers. Well, I'll tell you this. Look at the teams they played. They played the Texans, and the Dolphins were at home for that. They played the Browns, the Dolphins were at home for that. Then they went on the road to play the Bears and just barely won. <laughs> barely won. Then they just barely won on the road against the Lions. And then they just barely won at home against the Steelers by six points. And then obviously looking back and Tua was hurt for a couple of weeks where they dropped those three, got smacked by the Jets, beaten by the Bengals, and beaten by the Vikings. But, I mean, outside of the first couple of weeks where they had a narrow victory against the Patriots, even though the margin was a little bit higher than that, and then a crazy comeback against the Ravens, and then a narrow win against the Bills in week three where half the Bills team was unable to play, because of like heat, heat injuries, heat illness, and all that stuff. I mean, what are the Dolphins? I don't know. And does that come on Tua? No, I'm not going to say all of it comes on Tua, but he's just shown that he hasn't been able to rise to the moment. Now, that's a little bit of a rant. I completely understand there. But the AFC quarterbacks for the Pro Bowls, I think, are perfect. I think these are the three best quarterbacks in the AFC right now. So I think it's only fair that these three will be nominated to the Pro Bowl. And those three, of course, are Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow. Now, do I think that any of these three are actually going to go to the Pro Bowl? No, because I think that they're going to be either 
uh, pretty much taken some time off after a hard-fought season like Josh Allen did last year, or hell, in the in the championship game, or going to the Super Bowl like Joe Burrow did last year, like how Patrick Mahomes was in the championship last year. All three of these quarterbacks in all three of these teams, the Bengals, the Chiefs, and the Bills, they are by far clearly the best teams in the conference, in the AFC, and that's strictly because of these, these three men right here. Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow are the top three quarterbacks in the AFC, and honestly, maybe even the league at this moment. And how the voting orders kind of landed kind of reflects that. Mahomes was first, Allen was second, and Burrow was third. And honestly, looking at the landscape of the league and all the quarterbacks that there are, I think that that's just about how I'd rank them. So I 100% believe that the AFC got it right with these quarterbacks. Now, on the NFC side of things, there's Jalen Hurts, Geno Smith, and Kirk Cousins going to the Pro Bowl for the NFC. And once again, I can't complain here. I think Hurts more than more than deserves it. I mean, he, hell, he's in the MVP conversation. He's on a 13-14-1 and one team, and he's playing well. He looks great. Yes, I'll take Jalen Hurts 100% all day. Geno Smith, yes, I, I think he's definitely came back down to earth. He's definitely fallen off a little bit, but... Yeah, I mean, I'll take him here. And then Kirk Cousins, 100%. I do believe that Kirk Cousins should be in that conversation. Now, just a little bit, I guess, of a sidebar here is something coming up about Jalen Hurts is that he's not going to be playing this weekend against the Dallas Cowboys. Is that concerning? Yes, but I think it hurts Jalen, or it hurts, it hurts Jalen Hurts MVP uh, chances minimally. And why I say that is because if Gardner Minshew comes out here and absolutely sucks it up against the Cowboys and looks terrible, I think that furthers Jalen Hurts' MVP argument. Because I guess the biggest criticism going against Jalen Hurts is the fact that, oh, he's on a loaded team. Anyone could win with that team. And sure, you put Mahomes, you put Herbert, you put Burrow, you put Allen on that team. I guarantee you that team's completely undefeated. I guarantee you they wouldn't have dropped that one to Washington. But... Jalen Hurts, the knock on him is that the team is so good that they would win despite him. So I think that if Gardner Minshew comes out and just looks absolutely pitiful against the Cowboys, I think that really helps out Jalen Hurts. But, I mean, if I had to have any qualms, I guess, with another person to go in the Pro Bowl for the NFC, I would probably take out Geno Smith and put in Jared Goff. I really would. I think Jared Goff looked great this season. He's having such an incredible last six weeks where they're on a six-game win streak. You know? Just crazy. But for the most part, I think that the quarterback situations were pretty much perfectly put. Once again, for the running backs here, we have Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, and Derrick Henry in for the AFC. I think that that's perfectly fine. I think they're the three best uh, running backs in the AFC. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor didn't play much, and he's pretty much sucked this entire season. So I, I, I like those there. And then in the NFC, this one's a little weird. You have Saquon Barkley, which I completely get there, but then you have Tony Pollard and Miles Sanders. Tony Pollard, is he's been a good story so far this season. I really, really do believe it. Obviously, he's had some, some pretty big games, whether it be as a receiver, as a kick returner, punt returner, whatever it may be, and he kind of just comes in and out spot starting and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I get that. I, I really do. I think that he's, he's had a pretty darn good season, but I don't know if he would be enough to be put into the Pro Bowl conversation quite yet. Yes, I mean, he has almost 1,000 yards. He has a lot of receiving touchdowns. It's just a little bit weird, I guess, of a name for me to be to be put there, if that makes any sense. And then, obviously, the third one being Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders has been having a very good season. If I had to make a change, I would put Christian McCaffrey in instead of Tony Pollard. I think McCaffrey's been a completely huge, hugely underrated signing for the San Francisco 49ers. He even did well in Carolina. And outside of Miles Sanders, maybe Dalvin Cook, but I can see why Miles Sanders is in there. 
Uh, fullbacks, not really spending too much time on there because I don't know any any fullbacks. No one really does. Kyle Juszczyk, of course, for the NFC. And Pat Ricard, of course, for the AFC. Seems like they're always there. Now, on to wide receivers. For the AFC, I think these are perfect. I don't think there's a single thing that I would change out of these. I think these are the top four receivers easily in the AFC with Tyree Kill, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, and Jamar Chase. I think it's perfect. And honestly... I would I would say that the top couple of receivers in the league, at least in the AFC, go that way. I think Hill's the best in the AFC. Diggs and Adams are right up there for two. And then Jamar Chase, I would put him up there as well. NFC-wise, you have Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, and Terry McLaurin. And once again, I really like those. I don't think I have any qualms with any of them. I think Terry McLaurin was wildly underrated. I think C.D. Lamb was a little bit as well. And I think he came on a lot towards the end of the season. I can see an argument for Tyler Lockett being put in here, but I completely get it. I think Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver in the league right now. Looking great for my Offensive Player of the Year uh, pick prior to the season. But yeah, now going into tight ends, once again, it's the big four. There's the big four tight ends, obviously, in Kelsey, Andrews, Kittle, and Hawkinson, and all four of them are the ones that made the Pro Bowl here. You have Andrews and Kelsey from the AFC, no doubt there, and Kittle and Hawkinson from the NFC, once again, no doubt there. I think Hawkinson is having an incredibly kind of resurgent season, uh, at least on the Vikings side. So, obviously, there's a little bit of, like, uh, tackles, centers, but I really just wanted to get into kind of the notable things in the big names here and see if there's any uh, kind of... I don't know, snubs or anything from the big marquee positions or anything like that. For defensive ends, you have like Nick Bosa, Brian Burns, Demarcus Lawrence. I can get that for the NFC and for the AFC. You have Miles Garrett, Max Crosby, Trey Hendrickson. I like those. Not much here. The one thing that I will raise comes into the interior lineman, and that is the fact that Aaron Donald was voted the Pro Bowl team. Now, I know what everyone is saying right now, probably thinking in their head, what the hell is this kid talking about? Yes, Aaron Donald is the best defensive tackle in the league, and he has been for a while, but I don't know if he has been quite this year, and he's been injured for a lot of it too. I don't think that he's really been able to show out, or maybe it's just the fact that I haven't watched many Rams games because of how badly they've sucked, you know? But, I mean, just based off of name recognition, I guess I can understand him being here. And there's really no other big surprises that I can find, at least on the defensive line. The one big thing that comes up for me is when I look at the at the linebackers, and specifically in the AFC. I don't know if this is a Buffalo Bills home homer in me, but the fact that there's Roquan Smith and C.J. Mosley in here and not Matt Milano, who I think is arguably the best linebacker in the league this season, just with how incredibly he's been playing. Rated by PFF, I believe he's second overall. By certain NFL metrics and ESPN metrics, he's number one. So, yeah, I I, I don't know if I can quite put him out of the Pro Bowl. He might have been a little bit of a snub there. But once again, I mean... Hey, it, it's the Pro Bowl. It's voted on by a lot of different people. I'm trying to think of anything else that's really notable in here with the Pro Bowl. Uh, really, it's it's kind of what you would expect. I think it's cool to see that Tariq Woolen, the rookie from the Seahawks, he made it in here. Uh, Sauce Gardner from the Jets, rookie there. I think both of those guys are also going to be involved in the uh, defensive rookie of the year conversation. But yeah, I mean, that that's really it for the Pro Bowl, guys. I, I know that the rosters got announced and there's a lot of teams that had quite the amount of, of players from it voted in. I believe the Dolphins had one of the most, I had one of the teams with the most votes. I believe like the Cowboys, the Eagles, they had a ton of players with them, the 49ers, stuff like that. So pretty much all the marquee teams having all of them coming out. So that's really it for the Pro Bowl. I know it's not just straight football anymore. It's called the Pro Bowl games this year, which is definitely pretty interesting. So we'll, we'll definitely have to go and see how that shows up.
But the last thing that I really wanted to talk about was I guess how I'm going to structure these next couple of days with the holidays coming up. So obviously most of the games are going to be coming on Saturday. So I'm going to do my best to film a, a review slash preview show tomorrow, which is Friday the 23rd, the night before, uh, or wait, yeah, oh no, it's a Sunday actually for Christmas. Yikes, I don't even, I'm losing my mind here, folks, I really am. But I'm going to do my best to get a podcast out tomorrow, which is Friday, just to be able to preview all of the action, which is going to mainly occur on Saturday for everybody while you guys are either uh, out before watching the games or maybe even Sunday morning when you want to kind of listen in to see how I thought things went. And then obviously when I'd be having some Monday night football still on Monday, which is right after Christmas, I'm going to do my best to get a podcast out Monday or Tuesday as well with some reviews and recaps of everything that happened. Like I say all the time, make sure to check out my social media guys. We're spreading to a lot of the platforms. We have a brand new Instagram account, which I just created at extra points podcast. You can find it anywhere on Instagram. Make sure to shoot that with a follow. And you can also get the links and stuff to check and see where to access stuff from our sponsors, Dubby. And also check out what my discount code is to make sure that you guys can get an extra 10% off all of your orders. So go ahead and check that out on Instagram and then also check us out on TikTok. It's something that I'm doing my best to get involved in, really start to learn the algorithms and figure out how to post and produce content through that at extra points NFL underscore podcast on TikTok. Along with that, once again, you guys can always find me on all of your streaming platforms like Anchor, Google Play, Apple Music, Spotify, all of that at the Extra Points Podcast. So thanks so much for tuning in, you guys. I hope you guys have a fantastic Christmas. I know I'll definitely tell it again to you guys tomorrow, but just in case I don't catch it prior to then or you listen to this afterwards, have a fantastic Christmas, a fantastic weekend. Stay safe out there. Have a good one, guys. Peace.